Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia Pacific stocks are trading slightly lower this morning with Australia leading the way down by 0.42%. Japan is down 0.52% and Korea is down 0.86%. Now over on Wall Street last Friday, all three major indices ended last week slightly higher even with the shortened trading time due to the Thanksgiving holiday. The Dow rose 1.78% to end of the week at 34,347 points. Now the S&P 500 increased 1.53% during the short week to end off at 4,026 points. The tech-heavy Nasdaq was up 0.72% in the same time frame to close off the week at 11,226 points. Now, overall stocks were lifted during the week after comments from Federal Reserve officials signaled that the central bank would step down its aggressive rate hike path as inflation cools. And minutes from the Fed's November meeting confirmed the likely shift in policy. It even stated that a substantial majority of participants judged that a slowing in the pace of increase would be likely soon be appropriate. And in the last week of November, investors will also be watching for more earnings reports and a slew of economic releases that may give further information on the state of the consumer and the U.S. economy. Personal consumption data and the labor report for November will also be released this week and that's what we'll be watching for. Now let's bring in Ryan Huang to check in with the latest happenings in the market. Good morning, Ryan. How was your weekend? Morning, Dan. Fantastic. How was yours? Great. I um, just came back from Batam so uh, that was a very, very restful one. Any sign of inflation there? (laughs) Wow. Yes, actually. I saw the chicken prices going up as well but so yeah, speaking of, of inflation, now let's bring in one of the biggest news that's making headlines over the weekend, and that's the new record of Black Friday online sales that is setting. Now, according to Adobe, consumers spent a record of $9.12 billion on online shopping during Black Friday this year. And overall, online sales for the day after Thanksgiving were also up 2.3% year-on-year, and electronics were the major contributor. First off, did you manage to snag any good deals? I think uh, we are actually seeing quite a few discounts this year for Black Friday. So I think I was part of a larger crowd just jumping on board these sales. I managed mm. to get some stuff for home, you know, the things I need for chores and some toys. Oh, that's nice. Okay. How about no. you? No, I haven't really got time because I was spending too much time at the beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Now, despite the high inflation, it's evidently showing that demand still remains unwavering. So, tell us what exactly do you make of this latest results and what does this indicate about the spending in the coming holiday season? Yeah, like pointed out just now, it is at $9.12 billion for this Black Friday. So, that's an increase of 2.3%. And a couple of things were really driving the sales this time around. And this included the likes of toys, up 285%. Wow. Exercise equipment, also a major driver, up 218%. So that was interesting for me because it shows what people want and maybe no surprise that toys is in focus as we head into Christmas. So people may be stocking up earlier to just wrap up those presents in uh, time for the holiday season. Hmm. Exercise equipment, maybe they want to get more active as they start to feast more. So that could be part of the equation. Um, Also worth noting, trends playing out include the likes of buy now, pay later payments increasing. So that may be a sign of how people may be willing to spend more now and pay later. And it's all maybe part of the wider scheme of things where you have this Revenge spending 
kind of trend playing out where people have been just saving up so much that now this Black Friday, they are just splurging more. So in terms of volumes, we are seeing more. Also, in terms of discounts, indications are that discounts for this Black Friday are uh, deeper. Mm. So looking at what Salesforce is reporting, average consumer discounts are expected to be greater than 30%, up from 28% last year and close to the 33% rate in 2019. So discounts are also coming back and that is helping with the overall volumes. Hmm. Now that's a bit strange and you did mention discounts as well. So I would assume that given the current inflation, uh, uh, these retailers would actually put down the prices, pass it on to the consumers instead. So that comes off a bit surprising to me. Now, are you expecting the e-commerce to remain strong for the rest of the year? Okay, so this is going to be interesting to watch because it's so tough to call. There are so many moving parts to how sales are playing out. On the sales part, you've got the supply chain issue where sales stores are still struggling to get the disruptions out of the way. So they can't fully get back the status quo as it was before COVID-19. So that is affecting the supply side, inflation side of things. Mm. Um, on the other hand, you've got investors, um, consumers, just possibly going to be more conservative. As you pointed out, inflation pressures are going to pick up and they may be tightening their purse strings in time to come. So maybe sales-wise, it could be very targeted when you get these occasions they might be splurging out. So they may be more selective when it comes to when they spend. So Hmm. in terms of momentum, it is going to be very tough because you've got all these uncertainties playing out, especially with the global economic outlook just looking more murky and the risk of recession around the corner when people lose their jobs, perhaps that is going to be something they will consider cutting back on other stuff as well. So that's um, something to look out for in terms of the impact of recession playing out. Right, that's true. And then we will also be watching out for the results from the Cyber Monday. Yes, so yes, that's uh, that will provide us with some information as to whether consumer spending will remain the same. Now let's shift over our attention to China and it seems like things aren't playing out very nicely. You know, because we're seeing protests spreading across the country over the weekends, you know, citizens taking to the streets and university campuses and there were heavy police presence in some areas where huge crowds gathered in Shanghai and where the demonstrations were also reported in the capital Beijing. So, Ryan, talk to us more about this COVID protest that we are seeing and how exactly do you expect the party to respond? Yeah, it's been quite a rollercoaster ride for investors in China. So the headlines coming out from that part of the world, not very pretty as we see, like you pointed out, protests boiling over. You've got citizens just defying those restrictions and Mm. in some cases clashing with security forces. So videos and pictures are just showing how some of them are just in some cases, throwing stuff at the police and just demonstrating on the streets. Very rare scenes, not something you expect in China, but that's playing out as they get frustrated with the restrictions. Mm. And this is starting to take a toll on them. So this is um, seeing hundreds of demonstrators, for example, in Shanghai on Sunday night, protesting um, those stringent COVID restrictions. And that is now spreading to several cities And it's very rare to see 
civil disobedience in mainland China. Mm. So that is something that I think investors are starting to get concerned about. And what's playing out right now is just sapping some of the risk appetite in Chinese markets. Uh, last week, we saw the triple R card, the reserve requirement ratio, move by authorities to help with the, or at least encourage lending. That helped to provide some tailwinds on top of the recent property sector rescue package that they rolled out as well. But now this week, it seems to have the potential to unwind all the optimism because we could possibly see restrictions come back. That is something investors may be concerned about. Right. And what kind of implications do you think this would have on the rest of the markets here in Asia? Okay, when it comes to China, the first thing to look out for is how that might impact neighbouring countries in terms of trade. And mm. when you look at trade, right at the top of the list is Australia, New Zealand, and to a certain extent, South Africa as well. So these are the major trade partners for um, these countries. And if you look at the currencies, they are under pressure when it comes to the Australian dollar. For example, it's down right now 0.7% mm. to 66.98 cents versus the dollar. When you look at the Chinese yuan, that is also under pressure. The greenback is up 0.7%. And the Chinese yuan now trading at 7.24 against the US dollar. Mm. And the flip side of things is investors flocking to safe havens. That includes the greenback, which is now up 0.2% on the dollar index at 106.28. And if you look at the Japanese yen, that is also seeing some strength up 0.1% at 138.91 versus the US dollar. So that is just a reflection of how risk appetite is fading in the opening day of the week. So something that will continue to play out as we get more reports, how these protests are going to be unfolding and we saw last week already the Foxconn plant where Apple is Mm. um, having a major facility there is already seeing some impact when it comes to how workers are just not going back to work and just getting frustrated and clashing with police forces that is uh, something that could worsen in the coming days. Yeah, and it's worth noting as well, protesting and going against the party is considered a major crime over in China that may risk you getting into jail. Just for some background info, China's case numbers have hit a record highs for days with nearly 40,000 new infections over the weekend and this is prompting more lockdowns in the cities across the country. So that's something that we will be keeping a close eye out on. Now back at home, we are currently 17 minutes into the local trading day riot how is the Straits Times Index doing this morning? Okay, looking at where we are right now, pretty much in line with the region, underwater, and it's lower by 0.3% at 3,234. So the 30 constituents, only five counters are in the green. And at the top is Taibev up 3.28%. At the bottom, we've got Yangjiang Shipbuilding down 2.8%, Jardine Matheson Holdings and Dairy Farm International Retail Group, both down at least 2%. In terms of stocks to watch, I mentioned Taibev right at the top, higher by 0. Point, rather higher by 3%. So it's in the news after posting earnings of $1.2 billion for its full year 2022. So that's up by more than 22%. 
And this is something that is helping to drive its share price up. And it has also proposed a final dividend of 0.45 baht per share. That is higher than the final dividend last year of 0.35 baht. Mm. Other companies to watch out for um, in the coming day, ST Engineering, the Defense and Engineering Group posted a 19% rise in revenue of $6.5 billion for the nine months and the September 30th. That comes with higher contributions across all business segments. And as the engineering is up 0.3% so far this morning. And look out as well for first REIT. It has inked a facility agreement with lenders OCBC and CRMB Singapore for a term loan facility of $225 million and a revolving credit facility of $75 million. So this will now help it to refinance some of its bonds. And this is now seeing the REIT up 4% so far this morning. And that is some of the stocks to keep in watch in the coming day. All right, thank you. That was wonderful insights. And thank you so much, Ryan, for joining us this morning. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.